time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Right Conversations. I am thrilled to be talking about porn literacy and masturbation today with Miss Jessica Drake. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, before we dive into all the juiciness here, will you tell everyone listening who you are, what you do, and what lights you up? Where do I even start? Um, <laughs> You're like, when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. Um, well, uh, as y'all know, my name is Jessica Drake. I, I currently wear a lot of hats, but I started in the adult industry about 22 years ago as wow. a performer. I quickly became both a writer and a director. I signed a contract. I later went on to become a certified sex educator first. And then I developed a line of educational movies for folks looking to try different things in bed. I started with some very popular topics. And then over the years, I the series is still continuing. It's called Jessica Drake's Guide to Wicked Sex. And my most recent one was right before the pandemic started. I partnered with an amazing friend of mine and also a very well-known senior sex educator. And we created Jessica Drake's Guide to Senior Sex. Um, aside amazing. from that, I am the brand strategist and resident sex educator for Wicked Sensual Care. We are an amazing line of loops and we have something for everybody. And I also have, um, have some fingers, toes in the world of product development and research and of course, marketing over here as well. And from the performer, see, I told you I do a lot. Um, I love <laughs> it. I love it. From the, from the performer standpoint, I am still featured dancing. I'm still doing appearances for my fans. I am also running my OnlyFans. So um, I do a lot and I drink a lot of coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you also asked me what fires me up. And I have a couple of different answers for that question. Yeah. Um, I shortened my bio as we're moving away from the worst of the pandemic, because for me, like most people, it was a super clarifying time for, for me. Yeah. Um, I, I shed a lot of things during the pandemic that didn't serve me. I also lost somebody that was very, very close to me. Um, I was also dumped after 16 years in a relationship that I thought was going to be ongoing. So wow. I just sort of, I just sort of um, tore up all the pieces and started putting things back together again. And in doing that, I am starting to figure out the things that I really love. And it's the spending time with people that I hold close to me, 
and sharing experiences. It's not necessarily the materialistic side of things. And I, I don't really know if it ever was with me, um, but experiences are really important. I like being in nature. I have a bunch of dogs <laughs> that are all rescues. They're all quirky. I love them. Um, and also, I think something really big that fires me up is not just the work that I do in the sex education uh, and the educational community, but it's it's also the ripple effect that mm. being in that space has had in other areas of my life. Um, I am also on the board for a nonprofit called Tending the Garden um, that was created by one of my partners, Jiminika. And Tending the Garden is a nonprofit that supports marginalized survivors. And we are doing some amazing work there right now. So that's definitely something that gets me going. Um, and I'm also on the board of Feed the Streets, which is a local nonprofit here in Los Angeles. And we spend our time like really boots on the ground, um, providing resources to the unhoused community here in LA and Hollywood and Skid Row. We do a bunch of outreaches every week, Hollywood Skid Row, MacArthur Park. We also have kids events, um, skate park events, art events, and we do a lot of stuff. And I find that that's, that's really where my passion's at right now, because the world is just so incredibly fucked up. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is the only way that any of us are going to be okay, is that we really have to start looking out for one another. So. That's it. Ugh. In a nutshell. That's all. I, you're like <laughs> that, you know, the, those 15 things. No, those are all so beautiful and really, truly all intersect in such a beautiful way. You know, that it's, I love how each of them kind of feeds the other. Um, it's such beautiful work. Thank you. Yeah. Nice good, good. <laughs> so before we dive into these, these topics, I'm curious, is there an, is there a myth that you want to bust around the porn industry or being an OnlyFans content creator? Oh, gosh. Um, I am going to answer this question from a standpoint that I think I would not have come from pre-COVID. Okay. Um, and, and I want to I explain why or what my feelings were at the time. I feel like a lot of time that I spent in the mainstream porn industry, I spent it being sort of a spokesperson for a very, very big group of people with really varied experiences. Hmm. And I think that I was coming from the place of just being so incredibly discriminated against and so incredibly stigmatized as this marginalized group of people um, I identify as a sex worker um, that I think I was very quick to make my answers a bit more polished mm. um, and I would try to hide some of the perceived like, badness or bad things um, and the more the more you learn, I mean, you, you can't go back and change anything, but you can certainly do better moving forward. Um, and I always preface anytime, I, anytime I'm speaking, I do a lot of university speaking right now. Um, I always preface it with, listen, I'm speaking from my lived experience and things I've witnessed firsthand. Um, 
As far as stereotypes about adult performers, the things that we hear so regularly is that we are all addicted to drugs. I can say that that's not true, but I can say that some people in the adult industry do drugs, um, that we were all sexually molested as children. I was never sexually molested as a child. I don't know anyone else's actual history. I mean, my close friends, yeah, and I know that they say that they weren't. Um, I have also heard things like, uh, you know, they have suitcase pimps or they've been forced to do this work or, you know, they're being exploited in some way. And personally, in my 22 plus years of experience as a performer and a director, I've never seen somebody on a set that didn't want to be there. Um, all I've seen is people there of their own free will. That being said, I'm of course not going to say that it never happens. Um, a lot of the time folks conflate human trafficking with mm. consensual sex work. And so I think that that really comes up a lot when, especially these ridiculous super religious groups that have crusades yeah. against our industry yeah. are using fear to perpetuate the myth that we are all trafficked. You know, it's, it's all really frustrating to me that, that we're still having to fight so many of these stereotypes. And at the same time, I think it's important to, to acknowledge that we're all human and we're having human experiences and we're going through things. I have a fantastic therapist. Like I love therapy. Um, I think that many people could really benefit from a great therapist. And I do think that there are predators in our industry. And I think that we didn't get the same type of we too, me too movement that Hollywood got because some people out there still think that you can't rape a sex worker. Right. Yeah. You know, they think there's a yeah. joke, like they think it's theft of services and there, and there, there's a reason that they say that because the police have actually charged people with theft of services as opposed to sexual assault against a sex worker. But I don't know. I, I try really hard to speak the truth of my experiences in the adult industry. I've been a lot better at disclosing some of the things that have happened to me along the way in hopes that people who come after me, I wouldn't call it making the same mistakes, but I would just hope that they don't have the same experiences. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's all, it's a very, it's a very nuanced situation, yeah. but, but to date, like we are so, so incredibly discriminated against that. If we have kids, we can lose custody of our kids because of our jobs. Um, we can lose our bank accounts or payment processing. It has happened to almost everyone in my close circle. Their banks just freeze their money and kick them out. Um, you know, we're deleted on social media. We're shadow banned on the things. And yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's so tough. You know, first of all, it's so fucking stupid. And like we, I talk about sex work a lot on, on my platforms and, and we've talked about it on this podcast before too. And I just, I thank you for naming all of those things. And as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, like most of those things exist in all industries. Like some yeah. people in all industries use drugs, whether they're using them on the job or in their off time. Some people in all, right? Like all of these things can be applied to like every industry. There, every industry can exploit workers. Like we know this, right? We're seeing a lot of that lately. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's, um, 
yeah, I just, I really thank you for, for naming all of those and, and calling that out and also bringing light to these discriminatory actions. I mean, the idea that you can get your children taken away from you because of your work, that is a form of human expression and art and entertainment is, I don't even have a word for it. it it's absolutely, I, I, I literally don't have words. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. Yeah. And so, that's something else that drives me, yeah. you know, just all of that discrimination and the stigma and stereotypes. And one of the most important things I think that I've learned along the way, aside from really staying in my lane and speaking from my lived experience and things that I've seen firsthand, as far as the stigma goes, it, and this, I'm going to say it, and it's, it's going to sound easy when you hear it, but putting it into practice is a bit more difficult when when people make judgments about me or sex workers or call me a whore um they've formed opinions based on me or my occupation because of things that have been going on in their past because of the way they were raised maybe because of things that they you know heard from different people their reactions to me, to us, to sex work in general, and this industry says way more about them than it does about us. And it should not invalidate who we are as human beings or our worth as human beings. So I think, I think just knowing, and this applies to a, a slew of other things, but like, if people are talking badly about you, that's on them. It's not on you. Just yeah. say that as yeah. many times as you can to yourself until you start to believe it. Yeah, especially when you know that you're not causing harm and in fact doing the opposite, right? Like, yeah, we bring pleasure. Literally, <laughs> like, bring pleasure. literally. <laughs> pleasure. So, yeah, I love, by the way, I love Wicked stuff. It's yeah. one of my favorite, like top, top five uh, loop companies for sure. Um, so love, love that you're doing work there. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. <laughs> Zumio is a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com slash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-E-L, for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. Can you talk a little bit about what porn literacy means to you? Like if someone reads the name of this episode, they're like, what the actual fuck is porn <laughs> literacy? Like what, what does that phrase mean to you? Well, um, I go into a lot of universities and I teach classes on porn literacy. And when students walk in the classroom, my favorite is when we have like 
a massive theater with that stadium seating. Mm -hmm. And there I am down in the middle with some dry erase boards and a projector. And uh, I have a presentation. Um, I, I'm a big fan of PowerPoint. And I, I put up the title and I just let them sit with it for a minute. And when they're doing that, I'm watching them. Like I'm mm-hmm. watching people's reactions and some of them are like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's shocking. Some people are really curious about it. Some people are like, you know, like giggling about it. Look, porn literacy from me and the content that I'm teaching uh, when I'm out in the world is I want to make sure that folks have the knowledge about porn as an entertainment medium so that they're not having unrealistic expectations in their own sex lives and they're not having problems with self-confidence or um, body image or things like that. And I'm also introducing them sometimes to different genres of porn. I'm also introducing them to the idea that porn is a product and it costs people money to make. Therefore, if you're consuming it, an ethical way to consume porn is to pay for it. Um, I'm teaching them about performers. I'm teaching them about um, how you may not see consent within the context of a scene, or you may not see verbal consent, but you do see other consent cues because talking to young people in universities about consent is something that we should have been doing for, for a really long time now. Um, I mean, I, it should start way younger than that, of course, but by the time they're, they're in college, it's just so much has happened to so many people. And Consent is something that I integrate in every conversation about porn literacy. And I pick their brains a little bit too. Um, I always tell them that I am like a full participation day. Like I ask them questions. I ask them to share their experiences. Um, I think one of my favorite things that I do, and we could probably like do it here. If you had listeners that were actively responding, like in the moment, we could do it here as well. I do things like, word association. So I do do it and we can have people listening, just do it in their, in their head. Okay. Yeah. So, so I do this as a a gallery walk exercise. So imagine that you are standing in a room and you have huge pieces of paper all the way around the room. Mm -hmm. And at the top of one of the pieces of paper, it says porn. And I want you to think about some of the first things that automatically pop into your brain. And now I want you to look at the next piece of paper. This piece of paper said, I was blank years old the first time I saw porn. Mm. So think about that number and hold it in your head. The next one, how old were you when you got any form of sex education? The next one says, porn can be fill in the blank. 
And then the next one says, the best thing porn taught me was. Hmm. The final one says, what I wish I would have known about porn before I saw it. So what ends up happening is students are divided into groups. Each group is assigned a piece of paper. We walk around in a huge circle, and then we read the results at the end of class. And I often take pictures of them. I'll bet you I have uh, some photos I could send you from the last Oh, that'd be amazing. Let me just tell you the ages are, it seems anyway, because I've been doing this for probably, I'm going to say five years. I was doing it for a few years before the pandemic. So maybe a little longer. Seems like the ages are starting to plateau a little bit. And I'm really happy about that. They're still too young, but I'm not seeing them get younger and younger. um, Luckily, when I do the um, porn word association, depending on the area of the country I'm in, or, um, you know, the type of school or class, whatever, Uh the results are really interesting. And then when I get to the part that says, um, you know, what the best thing that porn showed me, so many people have come out because of porn or have transitioned because of porn or have recognized kink because of porn and found themselves interested in that and like being reassured that there's nothing wrong with them. Mm. And I think that one of the, one of the benefits, and there are benefits of porn, one of the benefits of porn is it can often, sometimes often normalize a type of sexual behavior for people. I mean, that's one of the first things that it did for me. So by the end of the class, everyone is usually like much more relaxed and open and sharing information freely. And I do like a, you know, like what happens in here stays in here type. Yeah, case, yeah. Case. Um, so they start disclosing, which is really cool. Um, I usually do it for about two hours. It's about a two-hour talk, and then at the end, I meet people uh, one by one on an individual basis if they want to come up to me with follow-up questions about porn literacy. But it's a very thorough discussion. That's so incredible. <laughs> I w- is there, have you ever taught this online or is there a way for people to like attend a class like this without being in, in college? It's hard to teach it online because it's so interactive, but I have, there isn't a recording of it. So none, none of this is good. Like we can't send it to anyone. Um, but I have definitely during the, during the worst of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Whew, let me tell you, um, I was doing this in, well, not at a university, but from my house in lockdown while going through that awful breakup, while Mm. that person of mine just died, talking to kids and they were sitting, it was so sad. They were sitting at home, a lot of them in their beds and their pajamas, mussed up hair, sad faces, super hard, but I was doing the conversation online during COVID as well. And maybe as we move further away from the worst of COVID, it would be great to do it, do something online like that. Maybe I should think about doing that. No, but I do understand the like, now we don't have to be online. So I want to get the fuck off of Zoom (laughs) feeling because I I definitely experienced that too. I was like, I never going to use Zoom again. Finally, I just got tired of it. I I actually turned down a few events, maybe a a year or two years ago. Um, Stores, retail stores wanted to do like 
couples nights events. And I was like, quite frankly, I cannot, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my boundary. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so helpful. I, you know, I studied so much sexual, sexuality, everything to become a sex therapist. Never in that course of study did we have a porn literacy component. And I wish wow. for my younger self as a consumer and a developing sexual human and for my professional self that had to very much self-teach over my own personal lived experience that I had had this class at those two different points it would have been so helpful. Thank you for the work that you do. Yeah. Thank you for the work that you do. <laughs> so I mean, it's very important. Talk to me a little bit about how um, you have seen and heard the link between porn and masturbation. I think that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, duh, Rachel, a lot of people watch it while they masturbate, um, which yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, but I'm wondering if there there's any other links there that feel important to name. Yeah, definitely. I think that when people first start masturbating to porn, they are getting a sense for not just their likes and dislikes as far as for the visual motivation, if you will, but they're also learning their bodies at the same time. And I mean, that's true of masturbation in general. And I, and I cannot emphasize this enough when I'm talking to people who have a particular sex act that they want to try for the first time, I tell them, do it by yourself. If it's, if it's at all possible using mm -hmm. whatever, you know, sex tools we have at the ready, like try it with yourself, like figure out how your body works first, figure out different types of pressure, figure out where your own limits are, figure out what really gets you off, figure out all the stuff that's kind of in between that you might want more of, but you're not really sure, but you think you need to experiment a bit because once you start to identify that stuff, that's when you can share it with someone. We can't just tell someone, oh, I want, I want to have better sex or, you know, I want this result in bed. We have to be able to explain to them how to get there, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that masturbation is awesome. I mean, of course it also has all of its health benefits, you know, makes yeah, feel yeah. good chemicals in the brain, puts you to sleep easier. If I can't sleep, I just rub one out. I'm knocked out and gone after that. Right. You know? it's, a, it's such a great thing to do if you can't sleep. Yeah. Very it's, underrated I mean, part of masturbation. That's not talked about a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I also talk to people who are very, um, ashamed of masturbation for whatever reason. And I often self-disclose that I was raised Jehovah's Witness. I got mm. no sex education in school, got none from my parents, lived in a small town in East Texas, super conservative. You know, I'm a, I'm a learner. Like I'm self-taught in a <laughs> lot of ways. And let me tell you, I tried to masturbate with, there was a period of time where I was trying to masturbate with basically anything I could get hands on, you know? And I think a lot of people go through that and it's just yeah. great to give people info and options. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a reason why that scene in American Pie is so iconic and funny <laughs> is because that's not the only person who has ever used something that is typically not used for sexual pleasure. For sexual pleasure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and yeah. I have heard really interesting things. Um, I, I offer, I have my own flashlight, right? I've been a flashlight girl for a long time. And so I've done giveaways before and I have asked people get, name some of the things that you have masturbated with, you know, as you were experimenting. And I've really gotten a wide variety of things from, from people who tried to make their own fleshlights using items they had around the house, like bread and Ziploc bags and stuff. I had people try to tell me that they would absolutely fuck their couch. I mean, look, I humped my couch, but it wasn't penetrative. Like we didn't have right, any penetrative right, right. sex yeah. with my couch, <laughs> you know? And I think that that's very, it's very natural. Like you yeah. find it and it feels good and you want to do it some more. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Especially when we're younger and don't have the, the kind of like shame narrative that plays in our yeah. head of like, I shouldn't be doing this. We just find what feels good and we do it again. Like, that's it. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. And I wish I wish we took more of that into adulthood. You know, it's like if I know it sounds so simple, but it's like finding something that feels good and then doing it again. Yeah. We'd all feel a lot better. Like whether that's sexual or not, like find what feels good and repeat. Do more of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it and we're done. Yeah. Like that like Literally, that's, that's, it's so simple. And yet, you know, it also comes back to as you were introducing yourself and listing all of these different things that you're involved in, you have found what feels good for you and are doing it. And I think that that is such a, a lesson that so many of us can take from, from all of this is like, seek that out and then go do it. Yeah. The, the message that became abundantly clear to me about midway through the worst of COVID, what, what is making me happy? What feels good? What no longer serves me? And then I just started thinking like, I just want to chase happiness. And I don't mean chase it in a way that like, I'm always running for it, but like, yeah exactly what we're saying like find what you love and do more of that like keep doing those things and yeah that's absolutely how i'm living my life right now and it's and very evident yeah <laughs> and mastering <laughs> oh jessica i so appreciate this conversation and for Me anybody too. First of all, I'm a Fleshlight uh, affiliate. I've done a lot of work with them. Did not know you had one. So we will definitely link that in the in the show notes um, for Amazing. anybody who's interested. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know how to access show notes or is a more auditory person, where can they find you both for Wicked, for your socials, OnlyFans? Like where, where can people support and, and find you? There are a lot of places, so bear with me. Um, on, <laughs> on Twitter, I am the Jessica Drake. On Instagram, I'm Jessica Drake. My OnlyFans, where I am at as a performer, is OnlyFans.com slash Jessica Drake. Um, you can also visit GuideToWickedSex.com. Um, that is the website that was built for the educationals and you'll find a few links in there to shop, uh, a store that carries my educationals as well as streaming them. Um, flesh, I'll let you provide that fleshlight affiliate yeah, link. You got it. Um, 
And where else? You know what? I am going to make a small disclaimer here because I'm going to be promoting this podcast as well. And there are a lot of people out there right now that are trying to take advantage of adult performers by replicating their accounts and trying Mm. to communicate with their fans. And I just want to remind everyone that I don't have any other accounts. I'm not on Hangouts or Meetup or anything like that. And I will never ask you for money in your DMs. So please be very careful when you're communicating with me online and do not get scammed. Um, Yeah, that I just need to get that across. Thank you. No, thank you for that. I appreciate it. If you want to leave everyone with one last thing today. Oh my gosh. Uh, Wow. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. Yeah, no. (laughs) No pressure. Well, you know what? I think I will leave y'all since we have been talking about um porn literacy and lube no porn literacy and masturbation i want to say that one of the biggest things that porn leaves out of the conversation that is also super helpful with masturbation is lube so a lot of the time the reason you're not seeing bottles of lube in porn is because different companies are afraid to either show the brand names because they think they'll get in trouble or they just don't want to interrupt the fantasy and portray the reality. So just remember whether you're watching porn, they're using lube or when you're masturbating, you should use lube because it reduces friction. It increases pleasure. It makes certain sex acts even possible. And, um, if you want to learn more about lube, wickedsensualcare.com, shameless plug. And if Perfect. you want, we could do a giveaway here if you would like. I oh. will send you just a massive box of Wicked Sensual Care stuff. Let's if you do want it. to do a you want to do a giveaway for your folks, that's cool. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we'll coordinate, we'll coordinate Perfect. offline. And uh, so if you're listening right. to this, peek out on my Instagram for when this episode drops. You'll see info on a giveaway and we Yay. will coordinate for you. Jessica, thank you so much. You are a beaming ray of light. And I am so, so grateful for your time and all of the things that you're doing in this world. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together.